morning over like, what a powerful way to start this time of worship today. My name is Mark Bauman and I'm one of the elders here and it's a real privilege to be part of the service with you today. The longer that we stay in this stay home, stay healthy mode, the more I'm reminded of the importance of community and being connected to one another. So whether you're watching via Facebook Live or the live stream off of the Overlake's website, I encourage you to be connected with one another. Uh, join in in the chats and uh, just encourage one another. Um, I know some of you are probably also live streaming this over technology and, uh, and being together sort of virtually with others. So regardless of how you're watching and participating in today's service, I want to point out some of the buttons that are on the screen. You'll notice that there's a connection card button. So I would encourage you at some point during today's service uh, to complete that with information. Um, it's one of the ways that we stay connected with the body of Christ here at Overlake. It's a way for us to be able to join you in interceding and lifting up your prayer request and praises that you fill out on the card. And if there are ways that as a family we can be serving you, include that on your connection card as well. A second button is, is the giving button. Even though the building is, is, is locked down, there's still vital ministries happening on site as well as the ministries that are happening around the world and in our local neighborhoods and communities. So I'd encourage you to uh, click on that and look at the different ways in which you can contribute to the ministries here at Overlake. And lastly, there's a button called um, the uh, at-home resources. And every week there's been new resources and information um, shared out on that site. So I encourage you to take a look at it. This week, there's a whole, it's Holy Week. And you'll notice that it starts today with Palm Sunday. And uh, there's some resources, including a dance playlist that's out there and, uh, and even a devotion. And, uh, and there's a video from, from Pastor James about Holy Week and Palm Sunday. As I was reflecting uh, on John 12 and Jesus's entry into Jerusalem, um, one of the things that stood out to me was the joy and just this eager anticipation of his arrival. So as we reflect on, on Palm Sunday today, just realize that it's this eagerness, this anticipation that Jesus entered into this world for us as our Savior, the good news. Uh, all along Overlake's history, sharing the good news with others locally and internationally has been a big part of who God has called us to be. And in just a couple of minutes, we'll have an opportunity to hear from one of our overseas partners, the Ronke family. Uh, and they'll be sharing a little bit about what they've been up to lately, including how they're responding to COVID-19 in their area. So join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this, this morning. We thank you for your presence here in each place that people are participating in the worship service. We ask you really just to fill each one of us with your spirit, your Holy Spirit's presence. Uh, just guide and direct uh, our hands and feet as we give ourselves to you. Just give us discernment and wisdom on how we can serve those around us, uh, especially in this season where people are feeling isolated. We thank you for our partners um, here and, and internationally, and we lift them up to you this morning as well. And to all those who are hurting and grieving in this season or experiencing uh, COVID-19 themselves, we pray for your healing hand, both physically and uh, just emotionally as well. In Jesus' name. Amen, and let's join me in watching the video of the Ronke family. Thank you. Ciao, buongiorno. Hello from Italy. Uh, good morning. We're the Ronkis. We've been serving here in southern Italy for 13 years now, I think. And um, we've been connected with Overlake from the beginning. I grew up in Overlake, and that's um, our connection to the family there. Um, here also in Italy, God, through this uh, very strange situation, is opening doors. Uh, we were able, as a church, as a local church in Modugno, South Italy, we're not in the middle center of, of, of the outbreak, but um, we're still on lockdown. But the, the church here, uh, together with the Chinese evangelical church in town, was able to... Um, give out uh, more than 4,000 uh, masks. Is that what they're called? So we 
we were able to send out masks uh, to the community with a verse and with an encouragement. So, you know, strange opportunities, but they great opportunities. I've talked to high school uh, friends that I didn't talk to since high school and was able to share the gospel. And many such occasions are going on. God is good and he's glorifying himself through this all. And um, yes, he has, we've had lots of opportunities. We would just ask you to pray with us, pray with us for our workers, just for the protection over their health. They're often in places where they don't have access to good medical care. So just pray for their health, for protection. Pray that we can get their support to them because churches aren't able to work right now then, uh, to meet right now, then we're not able to get their support out to them. People aren't giving as much. Um, pray for protection over our own health. And most of all, just pray that um, the gospel will continue to be preached, will continue to um, reach um, and spread way faster than any virus because that's what we want to see is God's hope and his love spreading um, to the nations. Thank you guys so much. Hey, would you just join me now in lifting up the Ronke family? So God, thank you again for the opportunity to stay connected to your spirit and to the global church. We lift up the Ronke family for their health, their minds, their bodies, their souls. And God, as they continue to do this ministry, we ask as they shared for the gospel to continue to go forth. As we lift them up, we lift up pastors and missionaries and the global capital C church all around the world. Even as buildings might be closed, that the church is still out and about to be light and salt. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, Overlake, again, my name is Eugene Cho. And just in case uh, you were not able to join me last Sunday to kind of uh, introduce or to have my story shared with you, I have the privilege of just joining along with your pastoral team and elders over the coming months to kind of assist in the transition. Now, just for what it's worth, I'm also going through a transition as well. My wife and I and our kids, we've been living in Seattle for many, many years. And in July, I'll be assuming a new leadership position as president of an organization called Bread for the World in Washington, D.C. Now, I'll be commuting for a year, but uh, I'm just so grateful that I get to come alongside your pastors and your elder board in assisting your church during this time. Now, last Sunday, I gave the analogy of a game that we may have played growing up called the telephone game. And in this game, a group of people line up and the first person is given a particular statement and the whole goal in winning this game is for the integrity of that statement to remain intact as that line is transferred from person to person to person. And in all the years I've played this game, I've never witnessed an occasion where the last person is able to maintain the integrity of the original statement. That's the reason why the Apostles' Creed is so important. For generation to generation, the Apostles' Creed rooted in the Scripture, it's such profound, important, truthful theology to help women and men of all ages, of all backgrounds, be connected not just to each other, but to be connected to the Scriptures in our identity as followers of Jesus. Now, that's a mistake when we get lost in the translation over generations. Now, there is another mistake that we can make as followers of Jesus, and it's this. is when we choose not to share, when we choose not to transfer, when we choose not to discuss our beliefs as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not speaking just about evangelism. I'm talking about families and small groups and communities coming together and simply sharing what we believe as followers of Jesus Christ. During this very challenging time, this is a great opportunity for us to be fully present with one another 
and to share in our marriages, in our friendships, in our relationship with our parents, our siblings, and our children, what it is that we believe as followers of Jesus Christ. So it's with that in mind, Overlake is going through this short series on the Apostles' Creed. And today we're going to focus on the section that begins with the phrase, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're able, wherever you're watching from, even if you're in your pajamas, I actually want to encourage all of you who are watching right now just to rise to your feet. And as we read the Apostles' Creed, as we recite it, and as we listen to the scriptures, I actually want to invite you to rise to your feet. So I just want you to know, all around the Puget Sound, people that are watching this, we're going to be standing together and we'll read and recite the Apostles' Creed. Let's begin. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now, church, even as you stay standing, I want us to read John chapter 16, verses 7 to 15. John chapter 16 verses 7 to 15. I want to just give you a moment to find that in your Bibles, perhaps to turn on your app. It's a good thing to read our Bibles together. So John chapter 16, verses 7 to 15, we're standing as a sign of our reverence for God's word. And now listen for the word of God. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin. Because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat wherever you might be. Well, as I shared earlier, we're on that section in the Apostles' Creed that begins with, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, certainly, even in the entirety of the Apostles' Creed and in our scripture reading today, you can see the interconnectedness of the triune God, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that there is an intimacy, there is a perfect community, there is a perfect synergy of the triune God in these three entities. And it's both profound and beautiful. And today, we'll spend some time talking about the Holy Spirit. Again, as I shared last week, we could probably spend months just talking about the Holy Spirit, but we'll just talk about its significance both in the Apostles' Creed and also in our passage. Now, I don't know about you, but in my years as a pastor here, especially in the Seattle area, whenever I speak of the Holy Spirit, I've learned that people have a level of encouragement, but only to a certain extent. 
The reason is there's something about the Holy Spirit that makes Christians feel a little uneasy and uncomfortable. Now, in some ways, for that reason, we ignore it or we don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit. We love talking about God the Father, Jesus the Son, Lord and Savior. And when we speak about the Holy Spirit, only at a very comfortable level do we want to dabble in the Holy Spirit. So in my opinion, the Holy Spirit gets no love. Now, let me give you a simple illustration about this. This was a campaign for the president of the United States poster that I saw. Best choice for president, God, Jesus, where's the Holy Spirit? How come the Holy Spirit gets no love? Now, this is part of the awkwardness of speaking to an empty room, I have no idea if you're laughing or if you're offended. And if you're offended, you can't fire me because I'm just a guest. Now that's not very pastoral. If for whatever reason that upsets you, uh, you can email me at my personal email address. It's neely at occ.org. No, just kidding, please don't send her that email. Now, in all seriousness, let's talk about this. Why is it that you or I or just anyone, we might feel a little uncomfortable about the Holy Spirit? Now, I think there's three reasons, three main reasons why Christians have a difficult time engaging the Holy Spirit. Number one, it's because we love concrete stuff. We want science and data, things that are tangible that we could see and feel and experience in very concrete ways. And the Holy Spirit is somewhat nebulous or amorphous, even though I believe it is absolutely real and essential in our experience and relationship with God. The second reason, let's just name it, is that when we read certain parts of the Bible as it corresponds to the Holy Spirit, there are some weird things, things that we can't fully understand in our human rational mind. And if it's weird, we just want to pause and back away. The third reason I think is because as human beings, we all want to be in control. And in some ways, the last month, the last couple months, ever since COVID-19 has wreaked havoc all around the world, in many ways, the reason why it's been so unsettling to us, not just fear of our health, is because it's a reminder to every single one of us that we don't have absolute control over our lives. In some ways, this is why the conversation, learning about the Holy Spirit matters so much. The Holy Spirit is not a secondary, a tertiary issue that when we read the Word of God, the Spirit is present in nearly every single book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. It might not use the word the Holy Spirit, but the presence of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, it is all throughout the Word of God, and yes, throughout the history of the world. Let me give you some examples. The Spirit of God hovers over the waters. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we see the evidence of the Spirit of God hovering over the waters part of the creation story. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 teaches us, let us to speak of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make man and woman in our image. You see, absolutely, we see the Spirit's work, involvement in creation, in the creation of humanity, in the creation of being with the Israelites through the desert in the work of the virgin birth of Jesus, in the confirmation of Jesus Christ as Lord, in the birth of the church through the Pentecost, and in the sustaining of the mission of God, this same Holy Spirit, I need you to hear this, 
is alive and well right now. Right now, in your living room, in your kitchen, in this church, in Italy, in Korea, in Africa, all around the world, even in the midst of the chaos and the fear and the frenzy, I believe in the Holy Spirit. So I pray that this Holy Spirit speaks to you. You see, this means that as a church at Overlake, you cannot be a church without the Holy Spirit. You could have buildings, you could have nice seats, you could have nice technological equipment, you could have all these programs, but unless there is a dependence and a commitment and an openness, a teachability to the Holy Spirit, we're not really a church. In the same way as believers, our dependence on the Holy Spirit is absolutely critical to our identities. This is why in the Apostles' Creed, we see this very important section, the third section that begins with, we believe in the Holy Spirit. So friends, let's go over this line. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church. This line, the Holy Christian Church, is a reminder to us that no matter where we go, we're bound together in God's bride, in this Christian church. One of the things that I love about what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that no matter where I travel, whether it's from Seattle across 520 to the east side, whether it's to remote villages or underground churches, whether it's to rural communities in America or to refugee camps, I see believers of Jesus, and the Bible says when two or more are gathered, there I am also. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we are bound together in the holy Christian church. What makes us holy is not our works, but it's because of the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. His blood, His grace, His amazing grace that pursues after us. We're told because of the Holy Spirit, we believe in the communion of saints. This might be hard for us to believe, but we're not just a church today, but we're bound to believers of Jesus past, present, and even in the future as well. That by God's grace, we're bound together. Because of the Holy Spirit, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. This was one of those critical factors that the religious leaders, the Pharisees, had a difficult time with Jesus. They often asked, who are you that you're able to forgive sins? Jesus says, I am he. I'm God. I'm God the Father. I am part of the triune God. Only Jesus can forgive our sins. This is good news. While I want to be absolutely clear that you and I, we have sin, we're sinners, there is no sin greater than the forgiven grace of Jesus Christ. There is no transgression, no mistake, no failure that is greater than the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. With the forgiveness of sins, I want to read for you a quote that I think would minister to each and every single one of us. Tim Keller, a pastor from New York City, this is how he defines the gospel and the connection to the forgiveness of sins. In one of his books, Tim Keller says this, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. But I hope someone is saying amen right now. I'm not talking about in your own head. I'm talking audibly that you're proclaiming and rejoicing with amen. God, let it be so. You see, because of the Holy Spirit, we believe in the resurrection of the body. 
We believe that the power of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same power will resurrect each and every single one of us that places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And yes, even during these turbulent, challenging times, it's not my intent as a pastor, as a brother in Christ, to try to exploit your fear. That's not what I'm saying. But what I do want to say with all integrity in the landscape of the real fear and anxiety that all of us are feeling, what we believe as Christians because of the Holy Spirit, because of Jesus, because of God our Father, we believe that for those who place their trust in Jesus, we believe in the life everlasting. In a few minutes, Pastor Neely's gonna come up and wrap up our time. And she's going to invite you to think about what does it mean for you to place your trust in Jesus. Friends, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not just speaking about an apostle's creed. I'm not just speaking about theology, about some fancy terminologies that Christians have used over the years. What I'm saying is that when we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, this same Holy Spirit that was present in creation, in the rising of the church, this same Holy Spirit is able to empower and equip every single one of us. Now, I want to make a transition to our scripture reading in John, in the Gospel of John. Here we're told, Jesus saying, when I leave, there's going to be good news. The disciples must have been so confounded, so confused, because they didn't want Jesus to leave. But Jesus says, when I leave, the gift of the Holy Spirit that was present in all creation isn't just going to be present, but we learn this same Holy Spirit is able to enter into our lives, into our minds, our souls, our bodies. For those who believe in Jesus, the presence of God, the Spirit of God dwells inside us. The word comforter or counselor in Greek is a word called parakletos. And that word parakletos gives us the word paraclete, which means advocate. Someone who is for you, for us. This is why we believe that he who is in us is greater than that which is in the world. This is the reason why there is a dramatic transformation in the imperfect life of the disciples. The Holy Spirit gives them power and presence in a way, despite their imperfection, to be faithful and to do God's work. Now, let me just give you an example. And I especially want to speak to our children, maybe to our youth group kids that are joining us. We're so glad that you're worshiping together as a family. Now, I haven't shaved in a while. Uh, recently been teaching my son to shave. And in order to shave, you need shaving cream. Now today, there's different kinds of shaving apparatuses, but I'm an old school shaving person, and so I love the foam. And what I'm trying to tell you about this analogy is that this can is fairly small. It's not that big, and yet when we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, it should not be contained by our boxes of our bodies, of our own ideas of the power of God, it should not be limited by our imperfections. When we say we believe in the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, friends, do not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life, in your church and around the world. So let me just give you an example. If I were to shake the shaving cream, and I were to simply go ahead and pour this out. Again, this can, I'm not sure how large it is, but I would assume that this right here is about 
the quantity of the shaving cream. But the reality is, there's so much more. And I suspect the danger for us is that we limit the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. I can go on, and this is so fun, I am going to go on. This is good COVID-19, whoa. Hey kids, you heard it from me, try this at home. Because it's your home and not mine. Well, you get my point. My point is, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Adults, children, youth, you're never too old and you're never too young. You're never too early in your Christian faith. You're never too in your latter stages for every single one of us. Don't underestimate what God can do through you. So when I look at the disciples, I think to myself, here is a gathering of misfits. Not with fancy degrees or titles. The same disciples that denied Christ. The same disciples that would fight among themselves. The same disciples that would sleep when Jesus said, stay awake and pray with me. These same disciples, Jesus goes, the power of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the comforter, the advocate, comes and empowers them. And what happens? Peter is transformed. He preaches to thousands and thousands come to believe. Peter and John stand in front of the most powerful Jewish council. They're not perfect. And even with fear, they boldly speak and testify about Jesus Christ. Many of these same disciples, they founded and pastored and discipled churches. They took the gospel, not just to Jerusalem, but as Jesus says, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Church history even tells us that some, in fact, most of the disciples, with the exception of one, John, were actually tortured and became martyrs because of their faith. Now, friends, I'm not suggesting that you should become martyrs. But I am saying this, right now in your homes, in your marriages, in your relationship with parents, children, siblings, neighbors, in your work, even right now during this health crisis, we should be asking this question, God, how can I be a part of what you're already doing? Now, when you read the Bible, there are numerous ways that the Holy Spirit is able to use believers, but for the sake of time, I want to just speak about four things of the role of the Holy Spirit. Four things, and it's these. It's that the Holy Spirit is our counselor and our comforter. So right now, we're all asking for wisdom and guidance and also com comfort. We're afraid, we're anxious. Some of us are mourning our loved ones being ill and maybe even some that have passed away. The Holy Spirit says you're not alone. We don't navigate this crisis alone. We don't navigate our health situation alone. We can come to God because the Holy Spirit functions as our counselor and our comforter. And it's not just the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful about the beauty of the church, that the church can gather together in creative ways, not just right now, not just on Wednesdays, but as we're calling and texting and writing and driving by, trying to encourage one another. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is also to be our teacher. Now, in the age of the internet, 
There are so many resources, so many books, so many articles, so many links. Everyone seems to be an expert on so many different things. Now, there's good things about this, but there's also a challenge. The challenge is like the telephone analogy. We're listening to thousands and thousands and thousands of voices. And sometimes I think to myself, how often do we regularly come to the Word of God? And as we read God's word to pray, Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. Would you illuminate your word into my mind, into my soul? The Bible says that God, his word is a lamp unto our feet. Don't be blinded by darkness or don't be blinded by so many people that are saying, I have the light. We have a teacher, and this teacher is the Holy Spirit. The third reason of the Holy Spirit at work is as a convictor and an advocate. It's not your job for us to beat people over their heads with the Bible. We're asking for the Holy Spirit to work in ways that are beyond our human understanding. We're part of this. We share, we teach, we love, we counsel. And then we ask the Holy Spirit, would you convict the hearts of men and women and leaders and children and parents and spouses? And we keep on loving and doing our best to embody Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit is able to convict and then to also be our advocate. Here's the last one, and is this. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, he's the giver of gifts. One of the most blasphemous things that I think we can say as followers of Jesus and a cruel thing that we say to other human beings is when we say something like this, you're worth nothing. It's blasphemous because the word of God says that God has given every single person good gifts, common grace gifts, and then as followers of Jesus, gifts that he's given to us, not just to edify us, not just to bless us, but to edify and bless every single others. Such good news that right now, as you're listening, whether you know it or not, God has deposited gifts to you. Yes, to bless you, but on top of that, and maybe even more important, for us to bless others. The building may be closed. The building might be closed, but the church is open. The church is open because we believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. Friends, don't contain because we don't fully understand. Don't contain, don't limit, don't diminish, don't underestimate the role and power of the Holy Spirit. Join me, even right now, as we say, Holy Spirit, would you work in my life? Would you speak to my life? Would you teach my life? Would you guide my life? Would you convict me in my life so that I understand it's not about you becoming a part of my story, but our prayer is, God, I know that you're already at work in Redmond, in Bellevue, in the east side, in western Washington, in this country, and around the world, how can I be a part of what you're already doing? I believe in the Holy Spirit. So God, thank you again so much. God, I want to pray for every single person that's listening to this imperfect sermon every single adult, every single youth, every single child, because we know from your word that you so love the world, the nations, every single person, every background, every age group, and we pray that each person would open themselves up again or for the very first time to the gospel news of your love for us. And as we do so, We pray that your Holy Spirit would flourish and reign in the lives of each individual 
but in the church as well at Overlake and in the capital C church. During this particular time where there's so much fear and anxiety and uncertainty, we proclaim that we believe in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. to wrap up the series we believe 
beginning of the series, Pastor Pat used this imagery of mountain climbing, and he compared the Apostles' Creed to these things called fixed lines, these anchors left in place along the route by those who went before us that make the journey a bit safer, a bit more stable. And the climbers would use the carabiner to clip into these fixed lines, and it would help them. It would benefit their journey. And the Apostles' Creed is an anchor for us. This journey can be filled with joy and pain and uncertainty and certainty. And we can be clipped into this anchor, this creed of beliefs that guides us and centers our life during any season. And I think there are a lot of questions right now, questions about life and death and God. And I think a lot of these questions are going to be unanswered this side of heaven. And that can leave us feeling a little bit shaken up or like we're losing our way. And that's why we come to the Apostles' Creed, because it is a truth we can be anchored in. This ancient tradition passed on to us from centuries ago is something we can center our lives around, our faith around. We can reorient our life and it provides us stability and hope in the midst of anything because we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, we believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe in the church. Those are our fixed lines. And so this morning, I wanna offer some invitations. I realize that there are maybe some of you watching that you have yet to ever clip in to the anchor, to ever to say, I believe, I worship, I follow. And so I want to invite you to take this next step. I want to encourage you. Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He said that when we believe in our heart and confess with our, our mouth, we find salvation. And that's what the Apostles' Creed is, right? It's a confession. We are confessing who we believe God to be. And so I want to invite you to, to say that. The Apostles' Creed, almost like a prayer, a confession for yourself. And when you do that, you find salvation in God and you find belonging in a family. And it's a simple prayer. It could be as easy as saying, God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus and I want to center my life around you. I'd, I'd encourage you to say that prayer today. And if you do pray that prayer, I would love for you to let us know on a connection card. We would love to care for you and walk with you. And then to my friends who, you know, you've clipped in, you've been clipped in, but life in this, this current season maybe has left you shook and uncertain. And maybe this morning you just need to clip in again, recommit, reorient your life around this anchor that we have, this promise in who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. And then an invitation for all of us. We are surrounded by people in our neighborhood, in our circle of relationships, who have a lot of questions right now, who have questions about life, death, and God. And next week is Easter. And I can't think of any message in this world that has greater hope than the Easter message, the hope of Jesus's resurrection and the life that offers us. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to start spreading the word. Pastor Eugene's going to be here again next week, 9, 20, and 11. And we're going to start spreading the word on social media. And I want to invite you, would you pass the word on with us? Would you spread it with us? So many people need a moment of hope and celebration, and Easter offers that. So would you invite them that we might gather together and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus? Now we're going to continue to worship after we pray in a moment. But before we do, I just want to give you a few reminders. Again, below the live stream, there's a button for that connection card. And again, if you took a step, a next step, would you, would you go ahead and let us know about that? And there's a place to give and there's that place for at-home resources. And again, as, as Mark mentioned, we have some great resources this week for Holy Week. And of course, please join us on Wednesday for our worship and prayer time together. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for my friends watching, those I know and those I don't know, that God, you would begin to draw them to you. I pray for my friends for maybe the first time they're, they're clipping in, they're saying, yes, I believe. God, would you give them a sense of confidence that they belong to you and to us. 
and for my friends who are feeling a little unstable right now, who are feeling really the weight of uncertainty, God, would you help them to reorient their lives around you and who you are, God? And God, as we come into this week, would you allow us to be present in the story of your suffering, in your death, and the hope and power of your resurrection? In Jesus' name, amen. week is Easter, but that means today is Palm Sunday, and um, I just want to end our time in celebration, in celebrating who Jesus is, in celebrating what he did, and his sacrifice, in the joy of knowing what comes next. So let's end our time with celebration. Sing this out if you know it. Oh, heaven, heaven fall down. Oh, Him. Come on. Oh, heaven. Oh, heaven fall down. See, spirit, spirit. Oh, spirit pour out. Oh, what a soul now. Oh, heaven fall down. Yeah, open our eyes, Lord. you are and all that you mean. Oh, please be near. Open our ears, Lord. Open our ears, Lord, let us hear all that you are. Be loud and clear. Oh, please be near. And our praises rise as our praises rise. Oh, may your presence fall, oh, heaven, heaven fall down, oh, spirit, spirit pour out on a song now, oh, heaven.
Jesus, we are so thankful, and we can't wait to celebrate you next week. We love you so, so much, and it's your name we pray. Amen. Friends, family, we'll see you on Wednesday, 7 o'clock.